What's up, everybody? Oh, oh God, no, it. you ruined it. <laughs> Abortion. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to leave that in. It's episode 29. Welcome to another edition of the TT Podcast. Uh, in case you couldn't tell, that was Prince. Hi there. And the person who is only half dead at this point is Ace. Hello. Reports of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. That was touch and go for a minute. But I'm back. Woo! Okay, so we got the uh, the regular band back together. Um, we've got some interesting stuff to talk to, including we're going to, going to go over our stack of shame, all those games that we either bought and never played or have no excuse for having never played. Uh, but first, we shall get into the news. Some sort of big news. Uh, E3 is going to be open to the public, mm. which you're going to be able to buy tickets. Um, which is different than what happened last year where like, if I remember like Square Enix got like 3000 tickets and they were like, here, you have a ticket, you have a ticket. And they opened off all their tickets. Um, but have either of you ever been to E3? No, I, I, it's like, I want to go, but okay. So a ticket is either $150 or $250. Mm -hmm. Um, at this point, it would be $250 because only like the first thousand tickets or so got like the early bird discount. Um, and God knows none of us got that. So yeah, those all went within like the first 10 seconds, I think, of it opening. Yeah. Um, the idea is just fascinating and I've always wanted to go. But at the same time, like I've heard stories about E3 and it, it's like if I was going for work and I could like jump around a little bit more maybe that would be really cool <laughs> you know but to stand in like lines all day and play like two games it, i realistically would probably be more informed if i did not go so how how far back can you think in terms of remembering when you first felt that you wanted to go to e3 how far back does that memory go Ah, uh, to when I was a teenager, probably. I mean, j- just in a vague sense, I didn't really know what it was. But like, oh man, that sounds cool! All these new games, whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, describe I, the I, era. You don't have to give away your age, but describe the kind of um, stone tablet era that we were in. <laughs> um, as as an industry, or or just like. <laughs> like for for reference from my perspective. <laughs> uh, so so I mean I'll give you a helping hand. Mean, for me, um when I think back of E three and its grandeur, I think of the sort of games magazines time. So when you'd have yeah. a monthly games magazine like your well Nintendo Power comes to mind, but that actually I never had that. Like in the UK we had things like NGC and um Nintendo Official magazine and things mm. like that. And Cube Cube. So, well, the, that gives away also the the era, the GameCube era, yeah, um, of GameCube, um, and you get these like hyped up. Um, uh, so the journalists would go to E3, and you'd get these hyped up reports of what it was like and how exciting it was and how just mm. huge it was. Like this is like the big grand event of the year because back then a lot of the announcements were made at E3. So. Um, obviously, in the time when we were getting our news through these monthly prints, rather than the next Google search we do, um, yeah, the news was more like 
doled out in a way. Um, mm-hmm. So when they say that E3 is the big deal, it really becomes the big deal. And um, so for me, E3 has always been built up as this huge deal. So I think that's why for anyone from our generation, E3 is the one, <laughs> the grand yeah. show that everyone, like you'd give your, you'd sell your little sister to go to kind of thing. So um, yeah. Does that I mean, I, resonate I, I, with you? Kind of, yeah. And, and, and I mean, even just a little bit past that, like the early 2000s when it really started getting bigger and it was maybe 2003 or four, I think, when like mm-hmm. companies started actually streaming events from it and whatever. Oh, yeah, um, that was a good like, time. Yeah, and I, I actually remember, you know, like watching that stuff and um, GameSpot gave out little pins showing that you like, it, you were virtually there and you got mm. to, you know, you actually watched like the stream or whatever. And it did like, I mean, it seems like the best thing in the world, you know, mm. granted, you know, I think part of it's kind of an exposure thing. It's like, you know, you've got 20 people from, you know, wherever down there and they get all of this information and condense it into, you know, one issue of a magazine or, you know, a week's worth of coverage on a website. And so it's just, you're being bombarded with all of this awesome stuff. But really that was four or five days worth of grueling work for a whole bunch of people, each of who only got like a tiny sliver of that experience that you just kind of vicariously lived, you know? Yeah. Um, So you, you know, they're talking about, oh man, I got to play this Mario game and whatever. And, you know, maybe they played like three Nintendo games, mm-hmm. but you saw the announcement of, you know, 20 different games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it was always like the prospect of it was exciting and I, I definitely like to go. But nowadays it's like, I keep hearing about how, you know, busy it is and jam packed and whatever. And, um, you know, other places are doing things you've got your paxes and games comms and all that kind of stuff now too so it doesn't seem as important to go to e3 especially from a public standpoint mm-hmm. you know like if you are one of those people that are working the show maybe then it makes a little bit more sense in a way if that yeah. makes sense because you you are getting still that e3 experience you know mm. rather than the um probably the same kind of experience you would get at a PAX. Yes, this, um, I'm pretty sure it was E3. This E3, I saw um, Huber from Easy Allies uh, Mm. sort of wandering around, and uh, I saw maybe a few videos, but certainly his was the most exciting. Um, Like, wander, go to the Zelda booth, go to, like, these, like, Easter egg hunts and stuff, like, you'd get a bonus hat and things like that, just swag yeah. driven out on the, sh- the show floor. But if E3 is that busy when it's for the press, um, how yeah. busy does it get when it starts to open up public tickets? And at, it's admittedly at a very high price, which somewhat tapers demand, but um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like taking what's precious and making it sort of corrupt yeah. in a way. Like, um, I mean, corrupt in a literal sense, as in you have to be rich to go. Um, mm-hmm. which is a little bit dark, but I don't know. No, I mean, that's been that way. Most people would have to fly yeah. there because not everyone lives there. So, I don't know. Yeah, even if you were going there as part of the press, the amount of money that, you know, you're paying even indirectly to 
get there, you know, the cost of flying there and bringing any equipment you need and the hotel and the food and everything mm-hmm. is prohibitively expensive anyways. Granted, that's not necessarily going to the, uh, um, oh my God, what's her, uh, ESRB or whatever. Oh, okay. Who puts it on? The who? electronic. Um, E3. Um, I don't know. The ESA? Right. ESRB is a ratings board, isn't it? Right, right. It's not them. Ah, oh, man, it's driving me nuts now. Um, I, I, I had it in my head like two seconds ago. Uh, anyways, so you know, the the money's not necessarily going to them, though. The people that you know, the the companies are paying exorbitant amounts to have their booths at this convention, basically. So it's, I mean, it's big money. It's business. That's that's just part of what's going on there, you know. So yeah, entertainment uh, software association. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, exactly. So it is the ESA. Not that um, I know who that is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, it, they they do a whole bunch of stuff. If I'm not mistaken, they they were kind of at least partially responsible for the whole stuff with uh, Mortal Kombat and all that. Um, they they are the reason that the ESRB exists. Oh, okay. But um, anyways, uh, it, like for me, it's kind of funny because I don't even know that I'd go there necessarily for the games. Like, I'd want to geek out and just meet people and just be like, oh yes. my god, you're yeah. Neil Druckmann, or whatever, you know? <laughs> Freak out over the calm, people that calm meet down, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like, tackle the person and get dragged away by uh, security or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, but... Uh, I mean, that that would be the, the benefit, wouldn't it, really, to get to meet the people? Especially yeah. if, if you've got an interest in trying to pursue um, a career in that area and get your foot in the door, then that would be obviously quite beneficial. And just to sort of meet some of the people behind, um, you know, the games, the series and the companies, it, that that would be a awesome experience. As well as um, sitting in on, um, I don't know if, if the, probably not, if they're open the whole thing to the public, it's probably only the, um, the stands, I'm guessing. But it would yeah. be nice to attend one of those Sony the, or Microsoft or Nintendo uh, conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That that would yeah. be quite exciting. But now that all I would in pay all for. <laughs> Yeah, but all in all that that is an exorbitant price, isn't it? How do they justify mm. it? When you think, think all all the other things you've got to pay for. It's yeah. um well, it's one of those things, I mean, I think it's just down to like a supply and demand thing. You know, it's fifteen thousand tickets and they think they can get away with charging that much and the realistic thing is that yeah. they can. You know, you're. It's an event for people who spend a ridiculous amount of money on video games mm-hmm. to begin with. So the idea, you know, it's not going to be everybody that spends that much money because even amongst the people, you know, like me who spends an insane amount of money on video games, you know, yeah. the people that would casually throw the two hundred fifty dollars in for the ticket plus the air and the hotel and the time that it takes, you know, out of your life to spend a week down in LA yeah. or whatever. Definitely, um, you've got to take it off from I mean, work. You've got family commitments and things. That, like, you know, obviously, to the people who don't, you know, they're very fortunate and um, yeah. you know, happy for them. They get to Absolutely. enjoy this experience. But um, yeah, a lot of people, unfortunately, it's just out of their reach. But like you say, I don't think it's that much of a downer in this day and age because there is Twitter, there is streaming, there is uh, YouTube videos. There's 101 YouTube personalities that I'm sure. I've all got their tickets and we'll be there and showing us the, the best of, of, of all the items and, and, and good websites like TA and TT that give us the fantastic reports and, and 
try and condense it down to the the, the actual real stuff you want to hear and get the announcements and the the, mm-hmm. the good content and the videos. Whereas, yeah, going back, it's amazing. You think of those times when someone announced a stream and you were sat there trying to watch it and it either just wasn't working at all or it was just so um, stuttering and delaying. You couldn't really make anything out or you ended yeah, up being like half an hour delayed. Yeah, yeah, you know, or it was just, it was so blocky. It was like, oh, it's horrible. You know, in those days, and technology just wasn't really capable of delivering what everyone wanted. And yeah, mm. sounding old, but yeah, like I said, you get your EA magazine issues and you'd um, drool over all the pictures and everything. Every Every little snapshot in a corner of a page somewhere and everything was was exciting and interesting and mm. you look over those as a kid but now that's woefully inadequate when you've got tons of videos and streams and personalities that not only you're getting the content you're also getting commentary from these people about it as well as so you get hopefully getting expert oh, opinions yeah. as well so yeah to not be there in person is probably not so bad i mean i've never really been one to go to football events in person either really or concerts and things like that because mm-hmm. I, I tend to think yeah you'd end up stuck in one corner somewhere and wouldn't really be able to see it or whereas you watch it on tv you watch it on the computer you get you get the view of a camera floating over all of it and you can just yeah see and get the best bits and and rather than trying to strain to hear because that's the other point these things are usually noisy like anything you know you're just oh, yeah. straining to try and hear what the person's talking or explaining or, or what's going on on the screen and you can't just for the absolute throng of n- noise background yeah. noise that's going on around you people screaming laughing uh, all the rest of it the, all, all the combined of all the games and everything going on it's just it's a humongous noise you come out and you sort of deaf for about eight hours afterwards you know i have i have been to a few here and then in the UK and stuff, and yeah, it's exciting, but afterwards it, it takes quite a toll out of you, I think. And the older you get, the harder it is to go through all of that. And um, that's why I'm quite pleased that we've got the decent internet and um, and connections and streaming and videos now. You know, mm-hmm. and even even they're managing to get up with it. I mean, every now and then Sony or Nintendo do a press. Uh, no, not so much Nintendo. They tend to do pre-recorded ones, but. Sometimes yeah. they they tend to bite off more than they can chew, you know. The next one's probably going to be the the Scorpion uh, video mm-hmm. announcement from Microsoft. That's probably going to crash their systems. <laughs> Everyone watching yeah. that, <laughs> which uh, which uh, speaking of has been moved. Um, did you hear oh, about that? That, no, that just happened a couple hours ago. Um, oh. Microsoft moved their press conference to Sunday instead of doing it uh, on Monday. They usually have the first slot on Monday, um, so they'll sort of have all day to separate, you know, they'll have a whole day separation between them and Sony, theoretically. I mean, I, I don't know when Sony's doing their press conference, but mm. that should be interesting. Yeah. They they obviously feel like they've got good reason to do so, you know, and it's probably not because it's a, you know, pile of trash that they don't want Sony to wreck, but more so that... <laughs> They they honestly believe that what they've got is something special and worth giving the extra time or whatever, you know. I wish they'd consider, you know, the timings of when these things come out because it seems to always be the middle of the night and it's, do do we stay up and watch it or do we just wait and see what happens <laughs> in the morning? You wake up and say, right, so what's what did uh, Microsoft announce or Nintendo it, yeah, or Sony? It's considered that. 
um, between the three companies, uh, two are Japanese and one's American. So Europe is kind of stuck in the middle, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you guys do kind of get screwed. Like, but even <laughs> then, uh, even then, like uh, last year, I think Bethesda started. Even for me, it was late, like nine or ten o'clock at night. Uh, which was, I was like, what the hell are they doing? You know, that's them also uh, trying to get two audiences out of, I suppose, three. I'm, I'm sure it was something like that, mm. but, but yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, so that's pretty cool. Um, if, if you're going, let us know, uh, and then take lots of pictures, uh, until they take away your phone because you're probably not supposed to be recording whatever it is that you were taking pictures of. Um, yeah, I'd be quite careful. Their their rules sound really strict on their website. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, make sure you follow the rules because they, they are not people that you want to mess with. Um, there are a <laughs> lot of very, very, very powerful companies that will be there. <laughs> um, so uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, had a map leak, um, and it shows the entire map of the game world, I think which is uh, apparently quite sizable. Um, I mean, maybe maybe it's just me. I was looking at the map, and I was like, that doesn't really uh, show a whole lot, I guess. Uh, it's like, you look at it, and it's hard to get a grasp of scale. Like, it kind of reminds me of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Like, I, I look at it, and it's like, oh, man, that looks huge. But until you play it, you have real no, really no concept. could be tiny. Yes. It's, I suppose, difficult to tell without the feel of it. Yeah. Not not to sound negative as well, but I wouldn't say scale is much either in, in modern games. It's density that I find more important, you know. Um, <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid, uh, <clears throat> No Man's Sky, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, any others on the list you can think of. It's all well and good having an expansive world, but if it's... 90% empty, then um, who cares? <laughs> right. Or 90% repeated. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully it'll be packed with stuff. Obviously, we won't have to wait very long to find out, because uh, well, it's coming out in less than two weeks for me, and just over two weeks for you guys, right? Something like that, yeah. Are you, are you guys interested in it up for it? I mean, I don't know. I'm still kind of... I can't get over the fact that it's robotic dinosaurs that are just wandering around. I mean, you know, it, it seems an odd choice to me. Why, why not just make it like regular dinosaurs? Or I mean, who's who's gone to the effort of making hundred, you know, million and one I, robotic dinosaurs? I'm sure that's probably what the story probably revolves that's around. What when you find out, is, right? But, um, well, so. I have a theory on, on the uh, robot dinosaur thing, which is simply that they wanted to have more wiggle room for wacky weapons and stuff. Yeah. Like, but... The idea of hacking a dinosaur makes a lot more sense if the dinosaur's a robot. I guess, yeah. You know? mm. so, I, stuff like that. I, I, I still... I just can't get over it. I, I don't know how they're, they're going to explain it story-wise, or I suspect they're just not going to, and just say, you just have to suspend disbelief and just say, right, oh, yeah, it's a world covered in robotic dinosaurs. Okay. You know, I mean, what happened? Was it is it Disneyland decided to have a complete dinosaur exhibit and it kind of went out of control? And, uh, you know, I mean, do they 
<laughs> do they build one another or what? Or do they, you know, are they solar powered? How come they keep going? You know, I mean, it, yeah, it's there's so many reasons why that would not work or not continue on for very long that for them to be a credible oh. threat and they just, just, but I can't, see, I can't get past that bit in my mind. I really can't. <laughs> but then the robots attacked and God only knows the kinds of advancements that they've created. You know, I mean, who knows? I'm sure there's some some terrible explanation, really. Yeah. <laughs> Probably aliens, I guess. Let's wipe out humankind. Dinosaurs. Yeah, right. Let's, let's drop a load of robotic ones on them and see how that goes. There you go. Uh, that, it, that would be a very effective method it, of wiping humans out. Yeah. When it comes out, I'm going to look for videos on YouTube to see if anyone finds any explanation of the story. Because that's the one thing that is niggling me. I just... How, why, you know, how is that possible? How that, you know, came about? I just, but other than that, I'm not particularly interested in, in tacking them around. I mean, I used to play Turok back in the day, but yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm kind of, it's funny because it's like you were talking about how the world could be huge, but that's not a good thing. You want density. And I think I'm kind of in the same boat with the game as a whole. Like, I kind of want, I don't know that I'll get it right off the bat I, I might just wait for the reviews and mm. see how it does because it could be a beautiful looking game with some neat interesting mechanics but be kind of a boring drab experience yeah. you know we've so, had quite a few disappointments haven't we a lot of things yeah. talking the talk and then just not really coming through and i i've got to say i my feeling is horizon zero dawn's gonna end up sliding into that um same category I mean, for starters, we've got another female protagonist. I'm starting to see a pattern here that it just seems that that is, seems to be popular at the moment and it's just got to be done that way. And it's like, well, I think most of us would prefer a team or a variety because out of five or six characters, you're probably going to find one that you resonate more with than that. Yeah. All these single protagonists, unless you do the character really well, you know, we're talking yeah. like the likes of Nathan Drake or... You know, there's people that, um, yeah, and um, I think that's the intention. I I think that, you know, the way Sony talks about it, I'm sure that they envision this as something of a franchise. And you can't just have the random robot dinosaurs be the sort of mascot of that franchise. You know, you think of Uncharted, you think of Nathan Drake. So you do need that sort of human face to the franchise that they can attach it to. So I don't think the team thing would necessarily work. You know, well, if if you're kind of going on a bit of a wild card kind of idea and story, and the rest of it doesn't really, I don't know, the rest of it doesn't really seem to gel with me. I thought they'd try a bit more variety in the character to appeal to people, but because um, you've got to really hit that gold spot with with story and characters for the likes of, you know, Nathan yeah. Laura Croft and that lot. Those. Those weren't accidental. That 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 took a lot of work, I think. And um... certainly, yeah. From what I heard, it's it's. And granted, this is you know distantly removed from source. Um, but yeah, the the character it seems well acted, but the story surrounding it doesn't seem to matter very much. <laughs> yeah. With the way that she's meeting meeting and working with a variety of characters, I'd assume that it perhaps takes form somewhat after Far Cry series. So I'm thinking like mm. Far Cry Primal 4 and 3, where you sort of mm. meet people and do stuff with and around them. But the protagonist or, is kind uh, of... 
in the Assassin's Creed, role. maybe. Yeah, actually, that's good. She she, uh, she seems like they're trying to set her up as like a, a an Ezio, but mm. uh, so far it doesn't seem like she's got that kind of character. You know, there was only one Ezio in so many tries. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, it, the, yeah, it's it's not a guarantee, is it? It's 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 a spark of magic that just seems to happen at times. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't quite can managed to get that as a yeah item but, that they can just kind of roll out all the time. It's still a little bit of luck involved, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, who knows? Who Maybe knows? Uh, game two will have a different protagonist. Who knows? Uh, but we're gonna find out pretty soon, regardless. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie, especially with Breath of the Wild just around the corner. I'm. I'm not sure which one's going to to take my time. One of them probably will, though. March um, is going to be busy. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, speaking of, um, we'll, we'll skip to South Park uh, was delayed again, uh, and more than likely because March is so busy. Um, granted, they have not said anything to that effect, uh, Ubisoft nor um, the creators of South Park, uh, Trey and, and What's-His-Face. Oh. Um, Trey Stone and Matt Parker. Um, so, uh, um, maybe maybe they listened to my uh, suggestion. Is like, yeah, yeah, you know, after the popularity of the noseless rift or the uh, yeah, conventions, they're, they're, they're mass manufacturing them for a special edition. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's nothing major. Uh, it's not surprising that the game's been delayed. I think a lot of people started to expect that when. Uh, Nintendo moved into March. Um, a lot of yeah. things would get out of the way. Uh, Everyone moved out of March. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it is kind of interesting to me that um, they they delayed the game sort of indefinitely, and I'm not sure what's up with that. Um, but it, it has been moved to the next fiscal year, according to Ubisoft. Um, so that is literally an entire year's worth of time that it could fall into. Even though theoretically it could just be a delay of you know three or four weeks. Um, thoughts? Do you think it's maybe needs more work than they thought originally? Surely not at um, this late stage. I mean, after so such a long time right. coming. Yeah, maybe they're just waiting, especially with Nintendo dropping the Switch. Maybe they're uh, a little unsure of how things will fall for the next few months, and they're just kind of waiting and seeing. Mm. It is strange. I'm going to say those two audiences wouldn't conflict because South Park is right. so like hyper mature, and Switch, as its current slate is, not particularly adult in any way. Um, I know that Zelda is obviously an appeal to all ages, but any sort of yeah. highfalutin uh, hardcore gamer is not going to go, oh, Zelda, I love Zelda. Uh, you know, you know what Yeah, I mean? no, I think maybe it conflicts more with um, uh, Mass Effect, maybe. Oh, uh, I don't know. Since, since you've got, well, theoretically, you've got RPG elements in, in Mass Effect, and it's definitely got a, you know, story and is, despite, you know, granted, adult in a different way, generally a more adult themed game targeting a, a more mature audience so well I, I mean i grew up with nintendo and mario kart and that lot so i'm i'm interested in the switch but at the same time 
I, I enjoy the humour of South Park. I've got the previous one and I have yet to get around to playing it, which is annoying. So I've got oh, a little yeah. bit more time, although I don't think they're related in any way, so it shouldn't matter. But uh, yeah, yeah I still got that one to play, and um, it, it's fine if um, if they want to take a little bit longer. I mean, back in the day, you know, we used to be quite happy if if um, if games were delayed if we knew they were getting polished a little bit longer yeah. um, before the whole days of internet day one gigabyte patching of games that we we now unfortunately have. But mm-hmm. um, it's gonna yeah, like you say it's. It's going to be the the big drop of a new console in that month is probably going to push a lot of publishers to be a bit more cautious. Mm-hmm. It may also be related to Ubisoft just trying to work out their release schedule mm-hmm. as a whole because mm-hmm. a lot of their games were delayed for the whole VR. They decided to make all their VR games um, uh, cross-format uh, compatible, so PSVR, yeah. Vive, Oculus... So that delayed quite a lot of their games. So it could just be they're just trying to adjust their whole schedule across um, across the release date of all their titles over the year, yeah. maybe. Mm. Oh, and they've got a Ghost Recon game coming out soon. Yeah. All that oh, yes. too, so. Yep. Yeah, that's, I think, um, March 7th. Yeah. Yeah. And, God, nobody is talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the beta was the just recently. game recently. The what? The, um... Public testing. Yeah. Um, I I don't know anybody that played it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so speaking of shooting stuff, um, Call of Duty 2017 is returning to its roots. And uh, apparently the space whole space thing didn't work out so much for them. Um, so what do you guys think? Is it a good idea? Do you think they're going to go back in time? Do you think they're just going to strip the crazy elements? I think it's a very strange announcement, considering that yeah. Call of Duty, um, contrary to uh, uh, many gamers' wishes, it pretty much smashed everything out of the water, so its sales were mm-hmm. still very good. <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, it's MPD still top the uh, MPD for the year. Right, so... yeah. If that's not enough for them, that kind of speaks to their ambition, which is a polite way of saying greed. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, obviously you're you're looking at your uh, competition, but um, any company is going to look at their own business and how things are going year after year. And you know, Call of Duty is down year over year over year for the past several years. I think. Um, Black Ops 2 was maybe the high point. Um, so, you know, they're still kind of headed downward, even if they're making crap tons of money. Um, and all they really need, realistically, is for a game to step up and really knock it out of the park. If you have another shooter that ends up doing Call of Duty numbers, then Call of Duty isn't Call of Duty anymore. Mm. And once well, that happens, I think it loses its juice. I think another modern warfare is probably the zeitgeist they're looking for. Oh yeah, more than likely. Well, uh, I yeah, I was I was pulled into Call of Duty like most with the originals, the World War based ones, and for me, the last one that kept my attention was the Modern Warfare series. Once it went past that, I lost interest. Um, so it, there's probably quite a few uh, similar vein. 
that they're probably looking to get back to if they're if they're looking to go all the way back to World War One, World War Two kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, again, for me, there was a lot. There was really good stories involved in those ones, and and the gameplay yeah. was terrific. Valiant um, Hearts. Yeah, modern warfare kind of uh, uh, ticked up a little bit with a few bits and bobs here and there, um, but after that, I think it was just became all about the, you know, the multiplayer shootings and things in it, and the the very competitive and the esports um, side of things, and yeah, that that just kind of went past me a bit. Plus, um, all the zombies and the horde mode, and then a lot of the issues with you know, hacking and uh, all the yeah. other bits just kind of, I think, turned a lot of people off or away. Um, yeah, but... I kind of agree. Yeah, I, I think it's just, if you look at the Call of Duty franchise, um, I think probably 2 and 3 were really the uh, start of something special, and then obviously 4 just killed it. Um, and now we've got our modern warfares and our black ops and all that. But really, I think the the strongest sellers and best games in that series were all kind of in that uh, post World War Two to like near future uh, range. So you know, Black Ops was a solid game. You had your modern warfares. Um, once they did Black Ops Two, which was a little bit further out in the future, it kind of fell apart. And I think it's. I think it's probably just because the relatable quality of the time frame. Um, there, you know, you you have a concept of what the Cold War was. You know, whereas if you make up a war in the future, it doesn't have the same impact. And if you go too far back, it's kind of almost alien in a way. Mm. Um, so, who knows? Uh, I mean, whatever they end up doing, I'm sure it'll sell gangbusters and it'll be interesting to see them take things back and do something new at the same time <laughs> you know yeah and I, I didn't quite understand this whole sort of futuristic and wall running and shooting at the same time that that to me did not strike me as a as a call of duty game you know that's um right. that's kind of taking games like resistance and sort of shoving in mirror's edge or something you know and it's like oh yeah okay that's kind of interesting but um you really need it really needs its own ip i think to go with that and i agree you yeah you've got to go full throttle on that haven't you you've got to have the story you've got to have the mass effect impact behind it you know um yeah rather than trying to keep it yeah connected to (laughs) earth and And i think that's what happens with with those sort of futuristic ones is like, if you look at, I mean, I guess the the grave sin of Titanfall was that they really didn't do a good enough job fleshing out their world. But like for, for games that take place in a fully fictional setting, I mean, the ones that do well are the ones that really embrace it and create a world around it. Um, Mm. which is something I think the, the future games of call of duty never really did was that they, when they were creating the game world they were trying to project you know from the past onto the future and create a world that was really just cold war era stuff but with robots and i don't think they ever really managed to root that down and make it feel good you know 
because they didn't they didn't commit fully to it in a way by kind of going back. Yeah. Who knows? And, and some of them got quite complicated. They kind of veered yeah. me off. Like, what was that one where it's sort of about futuristic and survival, and it's 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 like a amalgamation of RPG and a and a shooter. And I was like, what on earth are they trying to go the, for here? The EXO whatever stuff yeah. with the yeah. aliens attacking or something. I, I don't know. I didn't end up playing that mode, but. I was like, wow, okay, this is just really over overcomplicating it and thinking, how many game genres can we shove together into the one game just to make it difficult for sites and, and, uh, and gaming things to try and quantify it as a genre because it transverses about three or four, you know. Yeah. <laughs> why, why aren't they shoving a racing game in it while they're at it, you know? <laughs> uh, well, they, they've, they've done that sort of, I mean... Since Modern Warfare 4, there's always something like that, right? With the, uh, uh, sorry, with Modern Warfare, they had the um, snowmobiles and all that kind of stuff, so. Well, at one, one level where it's, it takes it up a bit is nice, but when it's constant throughout the whole game, you've got to worry about your inventory and your, your storage and, and your health um, more than well, just like a health bar, but it's sort of survival and you've got to have these bits and trade. And do the, I think, what? It sounds like someone's taken a shooter, Resident Evil, and God knows what else, and trying and an RPG, trying to shove it all together. And I just think that is overcomplicating it, you know. What were you um, saying, Prince? Oh, I was thinking Resident Evil at the same time. I'm glad you mentioned. Yeah. That. Well, it's, yeah. and it's funny because, like, you, you were saying it, and I was like, and you know, you know what you really need is an inventory management, like Resident Evil Four. It, it really needs some green herbs in it. <laughs> 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 It probably that, that, that probably will come about and it'll be the next thing. Yeah, right. I hate the halos <laughs> with health packs, but you don't have to carry them, you just find them. So it's not it's staying completely away from that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing is a lot of shooters, a lot of games in that genre have done the future. So let them specialize in their thing, I think. Or but or just, God just, damn I mean, it, Halo, fix your crap and get it together. Yeah. <laughs> But that seems to be it, isn't it? It's like, what else can we shove into a shooter? You know, it's if it's not, let's have a kind of guard game in there as well, or let's um, let's make it kind of RPG elements, you know, or let's have it where it pauses the action and you pick what part of the body you're going to attack, or, I know, let's have it where mm-hmm. it's survival, you've got to pick up things and you've got to worry about your inventory, or, you know, it's it's like they're, they're trying to shove shooters with every other um, genre or idea they can think of and just see see what works and a lot of the times I don't think they do it, it just puts people off whereas if the, I would feel if they put more time into story and characters and you know uh, an enjoyable gameplay and and well thought out yeah. levels that is where I, I would keep coming back to um, to that franchise see I have to say that Prey looks very good mm. yeah Sorry, it's just you were listing all the things that it made me think of Prey. I was like, yeah, that's pretty much Prey in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, or uh, you know, the ones I didn't mention are things like great big tanking robots that you climb in and out of and run up walls yeah. and are as athletic as um, as the amazing soldiers themselves. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's it's one other um, gimmick after another, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I look at all these ones and uh, it's just flooded the market now. Uh, yeah. None of them particularly draw me in um 
you know. Uh, maybe I kind of enjoy a bit more of a slower-paced gameplay, you know. Looking forward more to um, Last of Us 2 than I am any one of these hundreds of shooters. And I've even even kind of gotten there a bit with um, even my favourites like Halo and, and Gears, you know. Yeah. Kind of just kind of got there, really. And it's it's more, yeah, they're not kind of meeting what people had hoped for. Uh, which is a shame, but I don't think I don't think the direction they're going in, which is let's try every other possible possible idea from other genres and see what works, is is good for them either. It really does feel like they're just sort of clutching at straws and just throwing it at us and seeing what kind of works. But um, yeah, it's um, that's how that's how it seems to be at the moment. So it would be nice for someone to say, well, "Hang on a minute, let's just step back and." Go back and just try and do an original shooter back as it was, but hopefully they, they put the time and effort and, and story into it, and maybe not so many um, gimmicks. So we need another Wolfenstein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be a bad thing. Did you have anything to add, Prince? Um, I guess just I think what Call of Duty needs is two um, things to focus on and like take out all the periphery uh, noise is um the campaign which is simple and brief but exciting and has a very like back to basics approach i don't care what setting they put it in i don't care what kind of um like temporary gimmicks they've used to change the pacing like the snowmobile level or, um stuff mm-hmm. but basically just to have a simple adventure where you go out, you step into this mission and you know what you're there for and you go for it. And like eight hours or six hours later, um, you, you end on a high, you've got this like blood pumping and then in the multiplayer, you just want to play it forever, which is obviously their goal. So that's what they should focus on. Um, just Mm -hmm. design a simple, but appealing and endless multiplayer like modern warfare four, where you, can right. jump in you can play on an equal playing field but there are all these different targets that aren't overwhelming but they're enticing and that's basically all Call of Duty needs an exciting story which sells copies and then an exciting multiplayer well which keeps people playing that's all simple mm-hmm. yeah and, and I think you're right back in the day I mean if you look at the I think best of the Call of Duty series um, that that is kind of the sweet spot was where they just they had it simple, fast, fluid, you know. Mm-hmm. Once I feel like the more they tacked on, the more it kind of diluted the experience. And mm-hmm. you know, people that played Call of Duty constantly, I think, welcomed those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it started losing more and more people who were just like, "What is all this extra crap?" I you know, I play for like two weeks a year at most, and you know, I just want a fun experience for a little while, you know. Yeah, I do wish multiplayers were kind of split more into the kind of hardcore and casual, and and uh, there are a few more options in in the casual side. You know, not just a sort of run and gun, but mm-hmm. maybe some more tactical options. Maybe you know, mm-hmm. give people different ways of playing. Um, yeah, because otherwise it's just run and gun or snipe. But it's kind of the options mm-hmm. you've got at the moment. But to um, test some other other options there maybe to take some some things from the kind of uh more recent uh what do they call them 
sort of uh, online multiplayer games and things like Overwatch and stuff like that. They tend to yeah. have different uh, abilities. Um, so that that kind of um, options would be good. Um, it'd be nice to be like engineers and stuff like that, and which is you've never really had very much of, I don't think. I mean, maybe going back to the old days of Battlefield, I used to enjoy those ones. I mean, yeah, Overwatch, the kind one. of, Overwatch kind of does that, but it's even more bold, more brave, and it's bolded down, mm. basically evaporated out all the good story, and it just has the illusion of story with these cutscenes. And um, so you're you're sort of sold on Overwatch based on a story that isn't actually there, but you kind of get excited and buy it anyway because it looks like it's there. And um, the multiplayer is going to hook you anyway because you're going to forget about the fact that there's no story because it's so alluring and so addictive. Um, so they've mm. like mastered that and they had the guts to not even have the six hour story. So, I mean, that would be an ideal for yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I don't know if in some ways, yeah, there is this story, but the story is sort of free. Like they've got an entire movie's worth of like trailers and stuff for overwatch. Yeah. Um, so they they almost kind of got that out of the way so you can get into the game and just play and have a good time. And so they nailed the mechanics and the story is kind of just all surrounding it. It, it basically, the story in Overwatch, what they really nailed doing with Overwatch was that they did what Destiny was pretending to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, having the story outside of the game itself, but they yeah. actually did a good job. Um mm. Anyways, I, I think that's probably enough for uh, first-person shooters for the day. Um, we've got Psychonauts 2, uh, which is a drastically different style of game, yeah. um, has found a publisher in the publisher-slash-developer of Payday 2, um, which was uh, Starbreeze. Which was a first-person uh, shooter, unfortunately. Yeah, right, no, right, right. I, I guess that's that. Right, um, but they, they did also, if I remember, uh, publish uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Oh, I see. Um, so they, they did other stuff, too. Um, but yeah, so it turns out that Starbreeze is going to be funding the game and, and helping with the publishing. Um, they're investing $8 million, and they will receive 60% of the profits. So Double Fine will retain IP. So that's cool. Do you care at all? <laughs> I um I well um you've lightened the situation considerably by mentioning Brothers because that was all around a good game. Um, I mean yeah. in terms of the package, <laughs> in terms of what they promised and what they delivered, all around good. I don't remember if, how the price was on that. I'm sure I bought it in the sale, but the problem with Payday Two is that um its console handling is awful, um, especially on the PS3, because it was basically abandoned after a while and um, plagued by, apart from being abandoned from patches that it desperately needed for literally years, um, Mm -hmm. it was plagued by this sense that they wanted a nickel and dime you for some more, even though it was a console game, because they had this PC sensibility. Um, Yeah. So without lingering on that too much, um, I really hope they don't take the attitude to this game um, and they take the brothers' attitude of small and whole package, well-polished, like, mm-hmm. no complaints, that's it. So. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine, you know, if you're a Starbreeze and you've got this money laying around and you're going to give it to 
double fine. And realistically, I mean, this is Tim Schaefer too, right? I mean, this isn't like some B team at double fine. Like, I can't imagine you give $8 million to them and you're like, hey, but you have to put in microtransactions or whatever, you know? Like, I don't, I can't imagine the kind of person that would be that bold to tell Tim Schaefer what to do, you know? It's a weird situation, though, because don't Double Fine usually publish their own games and other games on top of that? Uh, but this game was crowdfunded, if I remember. So true. it's really weird that maybe they just didn't want to put money into it like, to reduce their risk or something, but really weird. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, and maybe it's just my, uh, it's really just kind of a theory. I, I think it's just that it's a, they don't want that money. Like, it's like 60% of the profits are going to go, you know, to uh, Starbreeze. But I don't know if Double Fine really cares that much about that. They think like, it'll sell that. They, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's they have a small studio mentality, and I don't know if it's maybe the necessarily the, the brightest decision on their part. But I, I don't think, like, this will probably be the biggest game that they've made as Double Fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't, and I don't think they want to do necessarily more games of this scale. I think, you know, Tim Schafer wants to do one big game like this every 10 years or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that they necessarily care for the hassle, so they'll just kind of take that money up front now, make the game they want to make, and then uh, that way they don't have to worry about really trimming back too much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Looking back, I think a lot of their games were actually published by other people, like Brutal Legend, published by EA, Headlander, Mm -hmm. more recent game, published by Adult Swim, bizarrely. So maybe this is their strategy for larger games. Yeah, I mean that's that's the other thing is like, you know, they they can publish, but in some ways they are kind of a, a smaller studio that doesn't have all sorts of crazy reach. They mm-hmm. they are somebody that appeals primarily to the you know core, even older sort of gaming audience. So who knows? It's a interesting thing. We'll we'll see what the, how the details shake out and. You know, I mean, I have to imagine that it'll sell pretty well. Yeah, I hope so. For, for what it is, at least. I think we just uh, put out an article about uh, Psychonauts VR. Yeah, yeah uh, Rhombus of Ruin, yeah. right? Um, which is releasing later this month. Uh, but I, I didn't read the article. Is there something else about uh, well, the original game is included. I mean, I know more about oh, it because I wrote it <laughs> for once. But um, yeah, oh, well, um, in that case, I'll have to pick it up because <laughs> I didn't play the original. Yeah, it, well, it comes know. with a digital pre-order, which may or may not appeal. I mean, that's in America. As far as I can tell, it's not available in the European store because it doesn't seem to be available for pre-order. But that's another issue. <laughs> hmm, that's a pain in the ass. Mm. Well, you guys got screwed again. Sorry, Europe. Mm. Well, we can still buy. Fortunately, I mean, we can still buy original. Then this is the oh, sort, of, okay. uh, sort of ported version of the original available on PS4. But I didn't want to put this in the article because obviously it's not um, like a reporting fact. But uh, I've read, as like a player, I've read that the PS4 version is not very good at. And anyone who has experience of PS2 games on PS4 uh, may 
be able to relate in some way, but I've heard that it's not very good, so I don't know if it's particularly worth You can get it on PC still, so if that's an option, it might be a better option. Hmm. Yeah, and God knows you can put everything, you can put a gamepad on just about anything on PC these days. So. Hmm. All right, so finally, one last thing. Uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew will feature the original USS Enterprise. Woo! this is this is is more just like we couldn't help ourselves uh so we're sorry um we just happen to you know really be excited about this game um i think i think it's primarily the reason why you bought a uh vr headset ace it was yeah it's it's my um flagship (laughs) title for (laughs) um for the playstation vr so uh yeah it's Zelda on wii u yeah, <laughs> so it's a bit annoying when it was delayed from last year, and it's even more annoying that it's delayed again till uh, May. But at least um, we know that we'll be able to geek out on the original USS Enterprise bridge. Um, so that's certainly a worthwhile um, delay. Did you did you hear that laugh when Ace was talking about it getting delayed again? That sounded like a man on the edge of sanity. <laughs> <laughs> It's it it's frustrating. They're pushing me there. Yeah, um, yeah, right. yeah. Um, mind you, there, there's three more trophies for Playroom VR, so go, go um, keep me busy for a bit. And I've still got to finish all the ones in PlayStation Worlds. I can stomach the um, losing. Um, oh God! I bet you have. A yeah, let's not go back to that. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, was it the the first delay? As I said, was Ubisoft. Um, wanting to make sure their VR games were uh, cross-format compatible, so PSVR, Oculus Rift, and uh, the Vive. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, this is hopefully also so that they can add in the Enterprise Bridge. Um, so that's certainly a worthwhile delay. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sure a number of uh, Trekkers and Trekkies will join me in in saying that yeah, that's good and all, but you know, we'd we'd like the bridge from the um, Enterprise D from the next generation, or maybe yep. Voyager, or Enterprise E from the films, or now they've yeah, put exactly. your mind that you can get actual original character. I mean, you can get some of the legacy characters in that. Now you start to want more, right? Oh yeah, there's there's the microtransaction right there. Uh, you yeah. want to play as you want to play as Scotty, you're gonna have yeah. to pay up. That would be fair, right? You'd probably quite appreciate that, assuming it wasn't much, I, a couple of quid, yeah, set. Oh yeah, I mean, at least this shows they're they're willing and able to add in different bridges. So mm. yeah, who knows that? Hopefully, they uh, if Ubisoft um, keep them going post release, then um, yeah, we can have um, DLCs yeah. for different bridges because there's quite a quite a few interesting ones in there. You know, you got Defiant. Not quite sure how well the DS9 would work, but um, Voyager most certainly would be worth my one. I mean, I, I think Defiant would have to be probably, uh, aside from the uh, Enterprise D, the the number one, because I mean the whole thing is sort of like a uh, ship combat thing, anyways, right? So yeah, but Sorry, that, we just, we just Enterprise got, D had its fair share of uh, you know <laughs> combat, didn't it? Considering it was meant to be True. a family flagship, <laughs> they a, were an exploratory, yeah, yeah, they were firing enough torpedoes every week, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I have to say, like, 
in terms of like microtransactions or whatever, it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. I mean, you're capitalizing, you, you would be capitalizing on a super, super popular franchise. I mean, Star Trek is huge. They mm. still have, you know, Trek conventions and all sorts of stuff like that. There are people, you know, that made their careers on Star Trek and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And especially when you have a video game and you've got these Trekkies who God knows that they want a holodeck or whatever else. I mean, they're going to buy into this wholeheartedly, even if it's going to cost them a shit ton of money for a headset and the game and all that stuff. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot you can tap into to make some money off of this game. Yeah. Now, I, I'm quite impressed with Ubisoft going for the VR cross-platform because then hopefully there's a lot more opportunity for more um, fans to link up together if if someone does have the Vive or they've gone for the Oculus Rift or you oh, know, if they've got the PlayStation VR. You're not locked to only the same people, same ones that have got the PlayStation VR. I wouldn't have yeah. yeah. that. It uh, seems extremely unlikely. I mean, we can't even get crossplay between two consoles that are virtually exactly the same on the inside. I wouldn't expect yeah. the same from... Um, completely different platforms and infrastructures well i don't know i mean from from what it seems uh the uh technical aspect of getting that crossplay doesn't seem to be a huge issue mm-hmm. <laughs> from from what the uh psionics people were saying mm-hmm. uh, so it seems mm-hmm. more to be down to uh policy and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah um I, i'd say it's very brave of them to go with the original series bridge because that is when you actually look at it it's quite a complicated setup and you know mm-hmm. you know there are tons of people out there who have studied that bridge for yeah. the best part of their life and can tell you where ah no that bit's wrong it doesn't look like that it looks like that or this bit's meant to be over there or the rest of it um i i i did see those series and reruns but i think my age i grew up with the next generation which was a bit more of a a modern minimalist kind of bridge in, in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite, um, it's quite a simple layout. And I said, that's be quite hard to mess up and, um, uh, and not get the exact um, details for it. There's certainly, I think a lot more documentation, a lot more um, material to be able to reference and look up that one mm-hmm. for than perhaps survived from, from the original series yeah. one. So, um, um, good luck to them. I hope they do a an accurate recreation because um, that, that is okay, the one thing for Trekkies is an accurate bridge depiction. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, here's hoping that the next one on their cards is um, is the Enterprise D, and then mm-hmm. maybe E and Defiant and uh, Voyager would uh, would be welcome additions, I'm sure. And perhaps maybe some uh... of the less known ones like the Prometheus. Is one of my favourites. There's an episode in Voyager that that ship was on. I would love to um, enjoy the likes of that, or maybe like some of the uh, time ships and things that you see in some of the later episodes and um, alternate universes. You know, you've got the Enterprise D from the future with the three cells and or uh, from the the battle universe or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes, of course. Yeah, the um, alternate universe. Yes. I just had a lightning thought. Um, If, uh, well, hypothetically, when they're showing you DLC for a selection of um, different ships, uh, bridges, right? Um, So they show you this range and, like, pictures of it. 
and sort of from a distance and then they go you know if you believe that i've got a bridge to sell you yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that's painful (laughs) yeah that that would work on me though it's got just enough cheese Anyways, so uh, that's, I think, it for the news. Uh, time to get on to the topic of the show, which we probably won't spend a whole lot of time on because uh, we've already been at this for a little while. Um, but topic of the week this week is what's in your stack of shame? So the stack of shame is uh, pretty much anything that you've got sitting in the corner that you uh, ended up buying uh, that is still wrapped up that you haven't played or what have you. Um, but Very I, I'm also backlog or to-do list or... Game collection. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I like Stack of Shame because it is kind of, you know... Because it's morally disheartening. degrading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, Self-replicating humor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it provides this sort of reminder of all of the things you've not done. Mm. Um, but So, without further ado, what's in your Stack of Shame? Did you want to take it off, Prince? Start it off. Start us off with. Uh, I don't know. What. What. What do you think is the yeah. worst thing that you've have not played? I just put a piece of chocolate in my mouth. <laughs> um, oh God! No, it's alright. No, 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 no. I finished it. Um. So I kind of. Uh, while we were talking, I kind of divided my games into something of a list. Um, mm-hmm. Of increasing importance, I would say, coincidentally. Um, mm-hmm. So the things that I can rattle off that. I, a lot of people probably have a few things for, like inspired from the same theme. Sequels. Yeah. So Ratchet and Clank. I played all the ones since PS3, but then come the trilogy, and it's like, well, I want it because they're good and it's remastered. So I buy it, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, I'll play it. I'll play that. It's like PS3. This is yeah. during PS3 lifetime, and now we're two years into PS4 lifetime. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll play it sometime. The Sly trilogy, and then the fourth game. I actually pre-ordered the fourth game. Still haven't played it. Um, yeah, Prince of Persia. I got the trilogy, um, and I played the first one. Promptly. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything since Prince of Persia two thousand eight. I love that, and since yeah. then, I bought all of them. But mm-hmm. the original trilogy, of course, it was released after that, and it dates from a time before that. And it, to be honest, it's not a good remaster. So, played the first game, loved yeah. it. I mean, the first game is the really good one. Um, yes. The second one, played that, kind of slogged through it, beat that, but now I need to do the third one, and it's one of those oh, things God. that's, like, infinitely suspended, because <laughs> I think of the second one, and I think, oh, I don't really want to play the third one, you know? Yeah, and the, the third, I mean, that, that series really did degrade. The first one was, was good, the second one was okay, um, and the third one was noticeably worse than the other two. Oh, don't tell even, me. Even, just tell me the third one is better than the first one, and then I'll start it, and then afterwards you can you, laugh at me. Have you and, have you played it? The, have uh, you played it before, or is... No. So I only really oh. started the series with the 2008 game. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. Um, I, I think it's fix, it fixed some of the uh, issues in the second one. Okay, um, It was It was more fun to downstairs. play. <laughs> Yeah, it was more fun to play, but I just, the story, I didn't give a rat's ass. Mm. (laughs) To be honest, I was kind of that way with the second one. It was just kind of, like, you can, when you can sum it up in a couple of sentences, and then that's basically all the meat and bones of the story, it's kind of, 
disappointing. Yeah, it was a little bit absent, mm. if anything. Um, yeah. I've, um, you may have seen a trend with those ones, and the problem is that I'm trying to play old games, and uh, the same mm. problem applies to the Assassin's Creed series. Three of them in the... I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone out there who's played some Assassin's Creed games has missed some, and it's probably some mm. that they don't want to go back to. Um, yes. But with that series, we have the fortune of them being... Uh, quite frequently discounted, which is good for our wallets. But I mean, it's good and bad because, in the one sense, we buy yeah. things that we're not playing, and in the other sense, we're buying them for less than uh, for a good value, right? Um, right. Mm. And uh, Dead Space Two can't fault the game. Um, but, totally your fault. Uh, well, my problem was I <laughs> played Dead Space One, and I sort of love hated it because it's yeah. a fantastic game, it, but it's also so good at being extremely creepy with the voices and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. And so I want to play Dead Space 2, but I don't want to. The worst part about Dead Space 2 is the trophies, because um, there's one where you have to beat it in three saves, I think. And if it weren't for that, I'd be much more ready to play it and overcome the sort of experience of the horror, because I just get through it. But the idea of having to redo a whole hardcore run because of some mm. stupid trophy that basically yeah puts me off it i don't blame you that, mm. that's pretty rough yeah was it, it three saves yeah i think so and on 360 there was an additional boon because when you switched over the disc you got like a soft save so basically if you play it on 360 it's 30 easier but it's not really fair that's funny um because they didn't yeah. have blu-rays somehow benefit <laughs> Interesting. So I'll throw it over to you guys. Uh, what about you, Ace? Uh, you got any big ones? Oh my god, how long have you got? My um, <laughs> backlog stack is huge. Um, yeah. I'm just going to pick some high-level ones, I think. Um, starting with Resident Evil 5 and 6. I've <laughs> still got a little bit oh, to finish on 5. Oh yeah, of course, finishing it. Well, but how how ashamed are you of that? Uh well, they're they're getting on a bit now. I haven't haven't done much in six because I wanted to finish five first and then do six. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's no. get it. I've got like one trophy in six, I think. <laughs> I don't know if this is starting the game. Helpful thing to say or not helpful thing to say, but I feel like Resident Evil Six because Brandon, you said you also have Resident Evil Six as a, something that you want to go back to, right? Well, I don't know if I want to go back to it, but I I, I ended up, it was, it was kind of, it was tough. So Hmm. once upon a time I played Resident Evil five and I was like, that was, I guess, enjoyable, but it would, would didn't really hit the spot. Hmm. And then Resident Evil six was coming out and I was like, oh, wow. You know, Leon's back. It's got this darker atmosphere or whatever. And I tried the demo and I was like. I don't know, maybe I can kind of see this. So I bought the game, and then something else came out right around the same time, and it just sat there. Ah, you put it. All the... Yeah, and then, uh, well, I mean, I've always been, like, way into Resident Evil, at least the main series, you know. Um, I've, you know, and 4 I've played, like, a dozen times. Um, so, So it sat there for a little while, and then the reviews came out, and I heard about just how bad it was. And so now it's kind of been sitting there and it's a game that I wanted to play and 
And then I was like, I guess I could return it, and I never got around to it. So now it's just sitting there, and I should play it because I paid for it. Uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the underpinning of this whole list. Uh... Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's the same for me with six, certainly. Mm-hmm. And um, it's maybe a bit shameful of five. I, I, I did enjoy playing five, mm-hmm. but with the Resident Evil games, um, if I haven't played it for quite a while then for some reason my anxiety level shoots through the roof when I start playing it again. And mm. everything it it's like playing the it's like playing seven, you know, it's it's it really seems to get to me until I've been playing it for a couple of hours, a couple of days, and then, then you kinda of get used to it again and like it's not it's not too not hmm? yeah. like a yeah. resistance after exposure. Yes. Yeah, just seen that. Yeah, yeah, and um, again, Resident Evil was a series. Uh, I was automatic day one purchase for me. I, I loved them. Um, I think maybe going back to some of the older ones, the other one with Nemesis. I think mm. um, I, I I was really good at the puzzle elements, but I don't think I was very good at the the difficult combat and the jump scares. So yeah. back in those days, I used to have a mate, and he would play the actual game, but yeah. I would be there with pen and paper and notes and it would be my brain <laughs> doing the puzzles and and when some horrible thing leapt out at him it, you know i would literally just sort of close my eyes and, and he'd deal with it and then um yeah when we got back to the puzzle so we, we we made a good team on that and um certainly after seeing the videos of seven uh i'm not buying that one oh, and there's no on. way i'm i'm doing that one in vr <laughs> that's right well, you know, my my recommendation is uh, get like a um, another copy of Resident Evil Four and play that for a few hours, and then uh, go and play Seven. You know, okay. maybe maybe you'll uh, get a little accustomed to it. Like I, I think that might be what I'm going to do, and then that uh, way I'm a little bit accustomed to like that feel, and I can get into it and not. I I didn't like Four. I skipped out Four. Uh, <sighs> this is kind uh, of see stack of shame. I mean, yeah. Geez. So my, I, um... I, I'm, I'm, I'm the unpopular Resident Evil fan because I'm the one that liked the more kind of action of five mm. rather than the sort of yeah the survival horror and, and the jump scares and, and things that were four and seven. Mm. But that's what's sort of making a comeback at the moment. So mm. I have to, I just have to wait till they get lazy again and sort of slip <laughs> back to the casual actiony side of resident evil and then i might pop back in again but um well you'll you'll always have umbrella corp oh God. yeah don't even oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? but i i watched someone i watched someone play resident evil 7 that's, that's the good thing about um all the let's play youtube videos now is that you can you can find almost anything someone has has played it from start to finish and mm-hmm. um yeah i don't think I would do well in that in that yeah. game at all. Um, I'd be screaming like a little girl and scaring everyone else. I should think um, that the I don't know. I want to give spoilers, but when you see what you see the first time you see them, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I don't even know what we're talking about. I think I know. What well, the I I know. what would you say? The enemies or the yeah other things the, in the, the house? Specific type of enemies yeah. in this game. Yeah, there's all kind of different ones, and yeah, you sort of 
when you see the first one scuttling towards you or the the first one lumbering towards you and it's like there's a few memes i think i've seen where people just you, you see the menu just appear and then go down to quit <laughs> and, yeah. and the comment is oh hell no kind of thing you know it's all, yeah. yeah that that would be me and then i'd be so annoyed that'd be on my on my um psn id and i'd never oh, get around you've got to do it we gotta like we gotta find okay if you don't do it by halloween we, you're doing it by halloween <laughs> yeah uh, we're gonna start a support group yeah <laughs> Uh, Resident Evil. Do you know, the only way I would do that is just. Do, do you think the share play works for that one? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It should be. <laughs> I mean, you got six um, months to build up immunity, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, d- d- but that one is just totally jump scares and atmosphere and dark. It's exactly what they did with number four, and that uh, you know quality. Um, See that, that's know, what made me so. My surprised. least favorite. To see my least uh, favorite bits in five are when you're sort of down underground and there's very little light. You know? <laughs> yeah, those were yeah. effective. I was I was so surprised to see you guys mentioning Resident Evil Six because I thought, I mean, for me to be honest, I thought Resident Evil Six was way better than people gave it credit. I kind of was irritated whenever people would make stupid criticisms. Like I'm, uh, those that know me will know I'm impatient with stupidity. So. If you say something stupid like Resident Evil 6 doesn't have a dodge roll, and I'm like, well, yeah, there is. You just were too stupid to use it. Or like, <laughs> the menu doesn't make any sense. And it's like, well, have you tried scrolling left instead of right? And it's like like things that are just too stupid to to be even forgiven. Um, so, picks, yeah, so I know that 6 had its faults, but I think it had more going for it than... Um, than many of the reviews at the time gave it credit for, and you, it was if you consider it for its virtues, like Ace was saying, it appeals more to an action perspective, and it doesn't lean too hard on your nerves and give you a breakdown. So, um, right. but I was surprised because I thought, even though it had those qualities, it wasn't the Resident Evil everyone was looking for. So now that Seven is out and it is such a success, Six would mm-hmm. be like, okay, you had your time, but now we're all going to pretend you didn't exist because we're in the renaissance of Resident Evil again. Um, So I thought 6 would be a write-off. So if you haven't played it, good, most people would say. Um, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so if you're you're going to it for the action, then sure, there's some value there. Uh, Brandon, I assume that you're more into Resident Evil for the horror, so in that case, you perhaps don't need to go to 6 again. Yeah, I mean, I'm still interested to play it, because it is going... I mean, at some point, I'm going to probably play 7, so it'll be the only mainline one that I haven't played. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I am interested in playing it. I, I I enjoy the, like, cheesy kind of goofy horror yeah. um, of the series, you know? So it's not, like, the straight-up horror. I'm not super excited about that. Um, okay. So, but I, I heard that there is very much a, a bit of that in... Um, seven so oh yeah <laughs> i'm a little excited to get into that i don't know I'm, I'm disappointed there was no sign of a single rotten egg in resident evil seven hey <laughs> 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 eh? or a golden egg silver egg whatever, right you know come on somewhere I, I think there's a bra you get to examine or whatever don't you if you want to but, <laughs> flip um, it over there's something written on the underside <laughs> well i think that's you, you you buy this i think by the time it turns up in the game you're you're used to sort of poking and prodding everything and it, it's literally yeah. just there as a as a dummy mm-hmm. just to just just as a yeah bait 
you really but um uh thinking about it that's probably the other thing is of course resident evil 5 and 6 with the with the co-op games oh, so yes, you that's yourself and a partner uh, but seven has jumped back to four and, and previous ones where it's single player only that's another thing that tends to um well maybe not put me off but attract me more to the kind of co-op possibility so at least you're, you're not on your own there's someone else there that can mm-hmm. help you or free you or you know or help kind of or help the, free you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so help free you from from whatever's caught you, or um, no, one yeah. at a time. I only have two hands. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, or try and distract it so while you sort of get around. You know, you, there's a lot more op- options there and opportunities. The only time where, of course, that falls flat on its face is when you don't have anyone to play with you and you're subject to the usually entirely useless AI of the mm-hmm. um, computer <laughs> assistant. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, sometimes it's hit and miss. Um, it's it's usually always a complaint from someone is that the AI is stupid, but um, it's 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 got to be there when you're missing the human. Um, but yeah. you know, you, the, it's intended for you to play with a friend and yeah, share that kind of experience. And it's fun at times when you think you know, you shout together, "Oh Jesus, what on earth was that? That was terrifying!" Or that that made me jump, or whatever. But um, it it's kind of lost that in the seven. You know, you're all on your own. You just unless you're scaring anyone else in the room with you, especially you've got the VR headset on. Um, that that bit's missing. And you, you thought with the VR they might have, I don't know, maybe tried to do something or you know, a co-op mode would have been nice. And it might have drawn me more to that one. But who knows? Maybe maybe in um, maybe in eight or in a DLC or something. Yeah, uh, I've They've got quite a lot. Of DLC has there ever been any game that's added a co-op in a DLC? I'm struggling to think um, of one. Kind of a big thing. Well, Final well, Fantasy I mean, 15 is talking of it. I hate to mention it again, but I mean, you were in that game. Well, <laughs> Sorry, Ace, you I mean, away it, when we were not talking about it. Not, <laughs> it's not really cooperative, but uh, Resident Evil 5 added um, competitive, didn't it? Oh yeah. Um, or mercenaries or whatever was mm-hmm. the yeah. So that's fine because it, it's multiplayer. It's a set number of maps of sizes. But going back to a campaign and inserting that's in good. co-op afterwards, I've yet to ever see and any developer add that to any game. If anyone can think of one, add it uh, uh, oh, in the comments. Um, in this yeah, case, it would be for a separate story because the DLCs tend to seem in this game seem to be separate stories. So they could make like yeah. a separate adventure, which is DLC. Oh, what, in seven, you mean yeah, the, the band footage? Yeah, exactly. Well, the, each of the bits have been like different things. Like um, the latest one, I think, was the room, which people are saying is kind of like an escape room mm-hmm. where um, you have to like try and discover how to get out of the room and find the key or whatever. And every so often. Uh, the bad guy comes in to check on you and make sure that you haven't touched anything or whatever else. Um, but so, which seems like it's a different version of the Resident Evil experience. So mm. they, they they seem to be trying stuff. Um, but uh, yeah. was there anything else on your list of shame? Um, yeah, I've got quite a few. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five on PS3. I got it because like everyone else was getting it, but uh. I think I've still only got one trophy in it. And now I'm so worried about playing that one with a whole 
online and heists and all this other stuff that's added. Oh, yeah. And yeah. in fact, I've got the one on PS3 and they re-released it on PS4. And like, do people even play it on PS3 anymore? So I'm like, it's at the bottom of the pile. I'm just thinking, oh God, do I ever want to go Sell back to even quick. try and do that? You know. Yeah. Um, then there's then there's Batman Arkham Knight that was this whole really major game everyone was streaming it and going on about it and i i hadn't really been one for any of the arkham games i played a demo of the first one and it didn't really resonate with me so but then when i saw they finally added the batmobile your wizard around and tank battles which um later on the 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 kind of gut feeling from people is that there's too many tank battles and they're all the same and they start to get really difficult and annoying um so that's that's one that I've only gotten a handful of trophies in but I do need to go back and do because they've they've added so much more to that it's got a high high number of trophies I think and so um, yeah it's exactly yeah it's like it's like um Halo Master Chief collection for PlayStation isn't it yeah. um so that's that's turned into this whole big thing and it's it's now getting off and coming out for 2 years old now isn't it it's it's gone by rather quick Almost. I would recommend yeah. play through the story, and if you are happy to sever the rest, perhaps do that and save yourself the hassle. Yeah, because it's not all that important. No. Yeah. yeah. Now I've still got some older games in the backlog. Uh, Infamous Two. I've. It's. I think that one, and I think the Blood Symphony mm-hmm. are the only Infamouses I haven't finished. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I can recommend I, I, the Platinum in Infamous Two because it is a pretty good platinum i think and i think it you don't really get the whole game unless you play both sides in my opinion yeah mm-hmm. so to complete my infamous series i've got to get get that one done D- ditto um metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain so um i got the ground zeros which a lot of people yeah. described as a glorified demo but um, it, I don't think it was. It wasn't full retail price, was it? So I actually found for the price, especially of course it's it's been on um, uh, it's been on Games with Gold. I don't know if it's been on PS Plus. Yeah. I think it has. One I believe it has. was. Um, yeah, I think it was so too. Definitely well worth picking up. And I found it was a much better condensed example of Metal Gear Solid, and the you know, the, the trials and bits that you had to do. If you did the whole thing to 100% um, platinum, um, I don't know, have a platinum? I think I had a platinum. I believe I, it did. Yeah, I, I found that was um, a really good um, segment of Metal Gear. There was just yeah. there was just enough there, you know, and it was, it was very small-scale and intimate, and you couldn't just sort of run around for miles away and then run back again and they've forgotten all about you like you can do in the, in the Phantom Pain. Um, yeah. it, I, I really enjoyed it so much so I completed it both on PlayStation 3 and on PlayStation 4. So I, I was on a high from those ones. So having been a, a long-term Metal Gear Solid fan, I, I got um, Phantom Pain and I got that on PlayStation 3 and, and PlayStation 4. And I've only just scratch the surface uh, of those ones because um, there's a lot of obviously as you know a lot of um, controversy with Konami and Kojima and everything mm-hmm. and and there's this whole base bit and 
there was insurance and uh, people could yeah. attack your base and all that. Lot. And that that really just kind of pushed me off from that for a bit and decided to concentrate on a lot of my multiplayer backlog. But I do need to get back to doing those. And, you know, there, yeah. there was a time when we thought Konami were going to pack up and just go to pin, uh, Panchico machines. Pachinko machines. Pachinko yeah. machines. And I thought, oh, but I really probably need to get that done in case they turn off the online because then it's going to make it miles harder because it's an it's a single player experience for the most part. Yeah, but even that asynchronous sort of. But even that is tied to their online services. If you're offline, you don't have as much storage. You don't have as much capital. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You have to be online to be able to, and they they kept patching it and kept messing about with it and it's one of those things where you you get fed up with them mucking about with it some things mm. improved but then with a lot of the time a bit like um coalition you know they, they they give you something but then oh hang on a minute but there's a there's a you know there's a uh condition to that oh it doesn't make it as good as you thought it was you know right. and uh again it's on my list to go back and do but you're kind of put off by what the developers sort of been fiddling with it afterwards with Mm -hmm. um and then speaking also of mgs um for the longest time i was one of those people that moaned that oh you know why didn't you add trophies into mgs4 when Mm -hmm. um when the whole trophy thing first started and you yeah. know, I was one of these people that were like, "Come on, add to it, add to it." You know, you know, it was just at the right time, and you thought, you know, they, you know, Kojima and Konami would do that. It made sense, and that, and then right. you got fed up of waiting and asking for it. You just gave up, and, and then, then eventually I, it happened. And then yeah, and then eventually it happened. Eventually yeah. it happened, and not only that, they also released the HD collection, all that lot. So, oh god, so being a long time MGS fan, I thought. Oh, I've, I've got to, got to got got to get those. Got to have them. Got to have the collection. I've got to get round to playing them and getting the trophies. But when you think about it, you think oh, I've played through Snake Eater. I've played through MGS two. I've played through MGS four. Do I really, really, actually want to put that in the PlayStation console and go back and do all that and get all the trophies? Thinking that you know, I haven't looked at them in depth, but I'm guessing they are going to be Intense. a very lengthy process. And because um, the games are lengthy, so it's it's one of those things that oh yes, I've got to have the the collection of Metal Gear, but it sat there gathering dust because oh my god, do I actually want to start down that road? Right. <laughs> um, it's probably going to be so long that wait until there's a PS4 remaster collection or something, and then might actually do that one instead. Or uh, yeah. you know, it that that is that is really in my pile of shame because it's like. I wanted to do it, but it is just so daunting to go all the way back and redo all of that again. And especially when I suspect the trophies are not going to be kind. No. So. Thankfully, so uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 is, is in my stack. Um, it's So I didn't get a PS3 until late. I had original, I had the PS2, um, and then 
in college, all of my friends were playing Xbox, and I was like, you know, I skipped the Xbox thing, so I got the 360 first. So I got a PS3 way late, um, like I think maybe a month before they announced the uh, PS4. <laughs> um, so I ended up, obviously, I was like, I need to freaking get Metal Gear Solid. Like, that was the one game where I was like, you know, everything else I don't really care about. If there was a game that was going to get me to get a PlayStation 3, it was going to be Metal Gear Solid 4, and it took me like eight years, but that is essentially why I got it, and I still have not played that game. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, it, from everything that I'd heard, it was really long, whatever, and I did end up getting in and playing with it a little bit, and it was just not what I wanted at the time. Um, you know, I, I was looking, I think, maybe for something that was a little bit more traditional Metal Gear, and um, it is kind of a weird game to try and wrap your head around, whereas like, even with uh, Phantom Pain or whatever, I jumped in and I had a good grasp of it. And I, but like Metal Gear Solid Four, for some reason, I had to like relearn the buttons, um, and that was that was really weird for some reason. Um, but so I, I need to get back and play that. And thankfully, I'll be able to just get the trophies on my first playthrough. So that's nice. Um, I've also uh, I also skipped Heavy Rain, which I have on 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 the shelf that I need to play. Um, I, okay managed to get back and play some other games i i played uh the original infamous um and i've played second son but i haven't played infamous 2 um mm. what were you saying uh, those are all good games uh, yeah yeah uh heavy rain is not too long if you just want to play the story play it through once and uh come mm. what may although it, it does somewhat um diminish if you don't see all, all that you missed right but it's yeah, and that, choice. that's the problem. Like I, I want to go back and and play through it a little bit. You know, I, I don't necessarily need to play everything because I think you do have to do that to get the platinum for that game. Yeah, which is just a labyrinthian nightmare. It's not um, too bad. Um, I mean, it's not too bad. And as long as you, oh, okay. There's maybe about three that you have to get throughout your run, but the rest mm-hmm. are mostly adjusted by chapter. So it's not. Oh, too okay. Bad. Oh, okay. And, well, then maybe I'll do that at some point. And the the story is good. It's not one of those ones that it feels like it's um, a drag having to replay oh, sure. through it. It's um, if you if you have one of those like me, where you like you get one of those books that's multiple endings, and you kind of mm-hmm. go back through it and like, oh, I'd rather do it that way and see what happened. You know, it's um, and and the endings are quite worthwhile. So. It's not. It's not that bad. I've done it, so it can't be that bad. Um, yeah. I've still got um, Beyond Two Souls to finish, and then That's good I've too. dabbled with with thinking about getting the the PS4 remastered ones just to do just them to... again because because I enjoyed them so much. I don't mind um, replaying them again on PS4 if it's if it's a good game and I enjoyed it, as evidenced by my trophy list. <laughs> what I. What I'd kind of like to see, and, and I don't know that it's really possible in like a fully 3D game like this, um, in Virtue's Last Reward, the way it's set up is like you can jump from node to node and, and change things or whatever, and it's all actually part of the gameplay. Um, but the really cool thing is that you can hit a button and skip, and what it'll do is like you can skip around, you know, on the on the map to different nodes, but even within a scene, if you hit the skip button, it'll just keep going, but if your previous actions has now changed something, whatever the new part is, it'll stop at that part. Good. So you can sort of see how it actually changed without having to go through everything leading up to that. You know, what, 10 minutes of conversation. Oh, that's pretty cool. 
They'd, right. I'd like I'd, that I'd in love to see Telltale that. games and in Heavy Rain, but unfortunately, no such luck. Yeah, so I, something like that would be pretty awesome. Um, but I don't know if a feature like that would really work so great in a like fully 3D game. So who knows? Uh, maybe one day. Um, so uh, speaking of, uh, I have not actually played The Walking Dead. Um, I played like the first half an hour of the first chapter because I uh, got it on PC at one point. Um, and I've got it. I own it. I just haven't played it. Um, and I played The Wolf Among Us. I played the first three chapters, and the other two chapters are just sitting there waiting for me to finish. Uh, um, is that the Telltale Walking Dead? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, worth they do a season one and a season two, is that right? Well, they're, uh, they just released season three, right? That's right. Uh, December. Episodes one and two um, of season three are now, like, the big news. I mean, yeah, I think I got... a bit of a go there. I think I got season one. I don't know if it was um, a PS Plus or whether I just bought it, I think, as people were going on about it. But yeah. I haven't got around to doing it, so naturally I haven't gotten season two. Mm. And I certainly right. didn't even know there was a season three. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. That's on my so, list as well. I, I always, uh, once upon a time, I started uh, Deus Ex, um, <laughs> the original, and I would. I've like tried to replay it, like go back and play it on several occasions. Um, I really want to play that. Um, I've got Wolfenstein. I I started that for a bean dive because like 30 seconds in, you can get a trophy. And uh, so I, I've done that, but I haven't played the game and it's supposed to be pretty awesome. Minus the first hour or so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, I have uh, good things. Yeah. Uh, System shock is another classic that like I played the first, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. And I never went back to it, but um, I love Bioshock. Um, so at some point I would like to go back and, uh, you know, just see that lineage. Um, and then finally off the top of my head, uh, I, I played like the first hour or two of Far Cry three. <laughs> um, but I, I got to a point and I put it down and I just haven't picked it up since. Um, so I'd like to get back into that, but God knows that would, uh, take forever <laughs> i quite liked far cry 3 but i wouldn't say it's as um necessary or as important as other things or as fun as other things like just cause 3 or i mean it's a bit unfair to compare those two but because yeah, the maybe it's different but um i think it's i mean if someone didn't play far cry 3 to be honest i don't think you'd be missing much probably the reason why i didn't play far cry 4 or primal mm. Yeah, like Bloodborne. I, I need to play. I need to finish Bloodborne. That's played, more like, significant. I think Bloodborne is probably right. one that, if you're into it, you probably should. Yeah, that's one that's sitting on my dashboard that I still haven't uh, deleted because I, I just, like, I, I was playing it, and even though, like, I got to a part and I just couldn't find some place to, like, save or, you know, a bonfire or whatever the equivalent is, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Um and like I just I couldn't find one, and so I, I had been going for like twenty minutes, and I was kicking ass, and then I turned the wrong corner and just died. Mm -hmm. And even though it took forever to get all the way back and find my crap, um, I was I was still enjoying it, and I just you know I just hit a point and I put it down, and I just haven't picked it up again. Like I I, I need to get back into that. Um, that was that was a great game. Why don't you guys each pick a game or two to like set a goal on, set a focus on, 
try and get it, if not finished, at least progressed and resumed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably put. I'd probably do Bloodborne, um, especially right I did now. Just push it um, quite hard. As a, yeah, <laughs> as as is kind of convenient. I'm going to be talking about Neo in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing that now, so I, I might, you know, if I have time, just segue from Neo into Bloodborne. Oh, excellent! That would actually probably be the a great primer, like to get you warmed up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm concentrating on um, multiplayer trophies and aspects of games try and get them done before you know they could possibly become discontinued mm-hmm. and as as announcements of, of games uh, servers are shutting down then I concentrate on those mm-hmm. um, as well so I mean case, how, how many of your right. ones are PS3 games I mean you know they're, they're no longer manufacturing the systems anymore mm-hmm. so uh, how, how long are they going to um, maintain and keep running and be able to play these games and get the trophies that's my I my think concern. as long as they keep adding games to PS now mm, yeah I guess that makes sense it's not a service it's not a service that I would want to rely on though I, I just I feel like it's not progressing in a method that suggests that it'll be something that'll stick around for forever I, I think mm. the availability of PS3 hardware will probably um, surpass that, even if it costs you money to to find it somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so maybe finish off Resi Five. Yeah. Um. So do it. I don't know if we have time, but I was thinking of uh, deferring to you guys in terms of mm-hmm. what you would recommend. I mean, it's very handy that we compiled this shortlist because. Basically, I wanted to yeah. ask you guys. I mean, this has been sort of brewing for a number of months now, ever since uh, we talked about, uh, what was it, before I started Never Alone, um, I had this sort of list in my head of the short experience, experiential games that I wanted like to catch up on, um, and especially with games that you were talking yeah. about last year or that came up in the Game of the Year Awards, like, um, what was it, like... Uh, what was that one I didn't buy? That was oh, yeah, Lim- uh, not Limbo. Uh, Inside was a big one, Inside. and yeah. like Firewatch and uh, Abzu was one on my personal list. Um, things like that that I thought, yeah. if I don't play them, you know, it would just go into the ether, like go off into the sunset. So I thought, you know, I maybe make an effort to start working on these. That's that's why I played Never Alone, uh, not working on it. Yeah, that sounds like a turning into work. But I mean, just sort of you know making progress and getting things done yeah so from these ones that i have here i mean okami and nino kuni i've just far too long to even think about right now which is why yeah, they're right. eternally on my backlog um it's much uh, love. i have the same issue and i also really wanted to play okami with the ps3 move uh but it's mm-hmm. like 60 hours platinum so unfortunately um it's Jeez. it's suspended um it's in the naughty corner <laughs> but uh <laughs> oops um between these games I do any of these resonate with you? I mean, we discussed before Virginia, uh, the game that came out uh, a few months back now. Uh, you also have it, but I was waiting for like a right time. We can play that and both discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't even know when I'd get around to it. Like, because right now I've got Neo, and then um, I feel like something else is coming out soon. I mean, we've got Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's something else 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's perfectly fine because I have so many other things. Yeah. Any thoughts on yeah, the yeah, principle? I, yeah, at some point um, we'll, we'll play through Virginia. Um, I, I want to play Talos Principle too, but that one is, um, I think that one is... It's one of the long Realistically, ones. yeah, that one's realistically kind of impractical. I don't know that I'll ever actually get around to that, mm. um, even though, like, at least Virginia, it's short enough where... At some point, is it on Vita? I might even be able to like. I it's on Vita. don't think so. Do you it. could remote play it. I'm ah, sure damn. Um, I'm sure actually that yeah, it would look point. good on remote play based on my experience with probably on remote play. Yeah. Um, the sort of cell shaded style turns down very well. I mean, I yeah. these I can play on my own and um, sort mm. of come back. Uh, Abzu is one that definitely. I know that I, I don't regret yeah, for a second I, buying that, but I haven't played it yet. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Play that. Um, do do absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was very tempted today to play Saints Row: Get Out of Hell uh, because I was just kind of in a mood to blow things up, but um, I ended up not. I just started procrastinating watching YouTube instead. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's it for us, for our stacks of shame. I'm doing Bloodborne. Uh, I think we've decided without Ace's consent that he's going to do Resident Evil 5. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then uh, Prince is going to go for Abzu. Um, There's no point in so, hiding. Yeah. Okay. So oh, uh, it's, uh, it, it is time for um, your return, Ace. Take it away. Uh, yes. It's time for a top of the trophy pops. Uh, the 50 most popular trophies this week. Uh, oh, that didn't work so well. Whoa. <laughs> your, your sound went crazy. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> um, right, uh, yes, it's time for top of the trophy pops. Uh, 50 most popular trophies this week as of uh, 6 p.m. on February the 15th, day after Valentine's. Um, hey. <laughs> uh, starting at number five, it's slightly smaller than um, before. We've got uh, Star Wall EU edition at uh, spot forty-six with uh, yep with uh, Petty Cash one hundred thirteen wins. That's um, on the PS Plus uh, free list for February. Mm-hmm. Uh, also is um, uh, spot number four, another new entry. Also, PS Plus free title, Not a Hero, at uh, spot 24 with uh, trophy Overkill, 152 wins. That's um, that's probably because I was talking it up last week. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not to take too much credit for myself, but. And then um, <laughs> down two spots this week, uh, but still. Um, Hazardously in the chart, we've got Resident Evil 7 Biohazard mm. at spot 19. Uh, playing it safe, 170 wins, plus yeah. um, 21 other trophies. So still still um, quite a large chunk of the chart, still popular yeah. with people. The largest, um, the most numerous entry this week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other new entries... Uh, we've got uh, at number two, uh, Little Big Planet three at about spot twelve in the top fifty. Uh, one odd sock, 
347 wins, uh, plus five other wow. trophies. So it's um, more than double again. Resident Evil 7's quantity. Yes. Yeah. So um, it's another PS Plus free title. Um, it's you know everyone's heard of Little Big Planet by now. So um, it's probably not surprising that out of the PS Plus games, that's going to be the most um, uh, popular. Um, so does that mean people? The number one spot is not a PS Plus game. That would be an upset. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't think it is. You no. correct me if I'm wrong there. No, um, but actually, yeah, yeah, Little Big Planet 3, I've I've downloaded that one, but I haven't um, installed it or played it yet, but uh should get around to it. I think I've done the first one. I can't remember if I've done the second one. Um, but yeah, that's um, it's going to be popular, I think. Um, may even still be around uh, next week. Who knows? But yeah. taking the top spot for this week with an astounding... 827 wins plus 18 other trophies. Wow. So to just a bit. Planets, 347. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. So, uh, and and 18 other trophies in the list. Yeah, just just below Resident Evil 7 there is, um, if I can pronounce it right, what did you say it was? Neo? Uh, Neo. That's yeah. It. Ah, good, I, I, I would it. do Neo <laughs> looking at it. Um, yeah, no, it's. <laughs> Japanese, uh, it, it's two different characters, Neo. Ah, um, at spot number one, of course, um, the beginning of a samurai mm-hmm. is the uh, trophy, which I think is surprisingly doesn't sound like the description of like the first trophy or anything, but um, <coughs> I, I think it's the completion of the tutorial section. Uh, ah, is that what it? Uh, well, yeah. So the the main character is um, actually Irish. He's an Irish sailor, um, and so uh, he ends up in Japan and, and becomes a samurai. Right, yeah. But it's it's not a PS Plus title, is it? It's just a, a no. new release. So mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just our, our new new title of the week, I guess, that's oh, uh, resonating. Yep, definitely. Um, oh, it's reached level 10, apparently. However oh. long it takes to get to level 10. Who knows? Not sure out of um, how many levels that is. Yeah, I uh, I just started playing that, so um, so far so good. So yeah, um, therefore bump from the list. We we've um, said to say goodbye to Adventure Pop, Minecraft, PlayStation Four Edition, Yakuza Zero, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Day of the Tentacle Remastered, Digimon, uh, Digimon World Next Order. Mm. Um, so yeah, six, um, just a, an observation. Um, so once we got to like mid December, uh, the trophy wins kind of took a pretty precipitous drop, um, right around Christmas, I think. Um, and even up to last week, um, uh, the number one trophy, uh, last week was pop from adventure pop with 255 wins so it looks like we're getting back to normal numbers um because this looks a lot more like the uh fall numbers than it does um january's numbers yeah yeah everyone's um getting over the winter bugs and uh settling Mm. down from all the merriment and uh concentrating on some some hard gaming and some uh trophy popping 
All right. So um, with that out of the way, uh, just a quick wrap up. We do um, what we've been playing and we'll bounce. Uh, so Prince, what have you been up to? I really don't have to take up much time because I, uh, well, I suppose it can go either way. I haven't really been playing much. Uh, I don't think I played any PlayStation games in February. Well, actually, I played some Arkham Knight um, New Game Plus, but mm-hmm. no trophies. Uh, and there's not a lot to say about it. Um, just the um, the only game I suppose left for me to talk about would be the feature game I played at the end of January. Uh, but is it another time, or is it not the time? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, maybe if we keep it short, or uh, we can put it off until next week. Okay. Um, sure, should do. I mean, I've, it was like a few weeks ago, so probably talk about it, get out of the way, and then get a new game underway. Um, Sounds good. So it was like mystery revealed. It was Firewatch that I decided to play um, mm-hmm. on your recommendation because I remember in 2016 um, you'd mentioned that it's a good game, and yep. obviously it it did pretty well in the awards at the end of the year. And I thought if I I should yep. play this now before it gets old and forgotten. So um, yeah, I think it's a good game. It's I think everyone was right in that it's a good game. Um, I think. I can see some flaws and the story is a little bit odd. Um, I can see the complaints yeah. that it doesn't amount to anything, but at the same time, I feel that it's kind of subtly the point that it doesn't amount to anything. Um, yeah. Which is interesting in its own way. And actually, it's a brilliant time to play Firewatch because they've added the free audio tour DLC, which basically it gives you... Um, a series of nodes which play director's commentary um, as you walk around. And I don't know if, I think it was Portal 2 that had that same kind of feature that you'd walk around and activate the nodes and listen to them. Um, mm-hmm. I quite like it. Um, you have to play the whole game again for Firewatch to get through all the audio commentary. But, yeah. and I think it's slightly poorly in, implemented in the way that sometimes important dialogue is happening and it might be playing out in a different way from last time because you chose a different dialogue choice. Um, but then yeah. the director might be talking over it or vice versa. The, you might be wanting to listen to the director and the audio starts playing and like it gets, it clashes in ways that it shouldn't do. But um, if you, if you're sort of prepared to uh, take for what it is, it's worth a replay and also it will make it easier for you to get certain trophies um, and have a good time experiencing something new. Um, that way so it's it's yeah. a good addition to the game firewatch was always an interesting one for me i i, I saw it and it did pique my interest mm-hmm. but i didn't feel that the dialogue choices were that important mm. like heavy rain where it does take you down obviously a much different story different ending yeah um i felt i started actually watching other people play that one you know a let's play and i found myself sort of drawn in into that and interested and in, in watching someone else play uh i still need to finish um watching those videos but i from what i've seen so far i don't feel the need to actually play it myself but mm-hmm. i am intrigued to finish watching um others play it just just based on the on the story would you yeah. say that's that's accurate or am i missing out on playing it do you think um i feel you are missing out but at the same time 
it would probably be more accurate to say you have missed out because now that you've seen it, the wonder of exploring and not knowing what comes next is somewhat dissolved, evaporated. Um, but at the same time, yeah. you, I mean, you know, spilled milk and all that. Um, there are different ways to enjoy it. And the game, if if it comes to enjoying the scenery, I mean, you can see that even if someone else is turning your head for you and you mm, can yeah. appreciate the music nonetheless. Um, hopefully you weren't yeah. listening to someone who was full of pithy quips throughout and talking over the dialogue. But um, <laughs> No, no, they were pretty good. Yeah. That, that's that's kind of... simulators are pretty good for those kind of let's um, play kind of uh, videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, especially with Firewatch, which is uh, maybe a little bit more um, sequential, I think, than some other asp- uh, other similar games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you you obviously it's a game, so you, you are missing out to some extent. But I, I think <laughs> there's not much more that you could have. Um, it, it's a good game for that. Like, uh, the only games that I can really think of where, like, you're not going to miss much are probably the Telltale games. Yeah. Um, mm. Where you can you can just kind of sit and watch it and get pretty much most of the experience. I, th- I think Firewatch is up there in that regard. Um, though, mm. you know, it's still going to lack that bit of exploration. There was that, that one time I got lost in a cave, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's good. I would say that... Uh, that, that does seem to be the impression I get. I mean... I'm trying to remember some of the dialogue choices, a bit difficult. But I, from the, the what I'm remembering of the videos I saw, you kind of get the standard sort of options. One's kind of pleasant. One's kind of a bit aggressive. One's just outright being rather cheeky. <laughs> and the people, the person who's playing the Let's Play, is a kind of down to earth, average guy. And like me, kind of picks the polite trying to be helpful, trying to be nice, you know, the angelic soul, um, yeah. which, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't really... I mean, I'm sure the people out there that just love jumping at those more aggressive options and stuff and and, and the experience they get, but unfortunately just have too much of a conscience to even suspend in, in the virtual world. So um, I would it's say, probably quite um... boring in the fact that I would go down their options. Whenever I play a game where there's a light and a dark, I tend to finish doing the light version first yeah and then um like infamous have to go back and actually make a point of remembering to electrocute people on the street (laughs) yeah the thing here is that it's not really um the same kind of good and evil dialogue choices that we've been um accustomed Mm. to over the years it's more that when you the thing that makes the dialogue so uh, brilliantly blended with the gameplay here is that the dialogue is basically your only way to ask questions and to find out things. So when you pick up something that you don't understand, you can just walk away or you can ask about it. And then in asking about it, um, you then get to ask about certain things. Um, and sometimes it sort of gives you as a player more insight, not insight into the world. It's not like reading law or back backlog, uh, no, backstory. Um, but it's like you're discovering along with the character. And that's what that second thing is that um, the thing that you miss out by being a passive passenger on this experience is that the um, exploration and the discovery and in fact, even the getting lost is actually, mm. it's not just gameplay, it's actually story. 
and in a bizarre way, yeah. the character is as much of a stranger to not only the person on the other end of the radio, but also this wilderness. So you come here and someone weird is talking to you on the radio and what is your reaction? It's not just like, be a nice guy. It's like, I need information. I don't know yeah. trust you. I... Wait, wh- wh- where do I find this thing? Yeah. How do What's I get the it? What, for? what the hell are you talking about? And like, <laughs> what the hell is it? Like, I just found like bear scratches on a tree. Talk to me. What the hell is this about? Is, am I going to get mauled by a bear? And like, mm. the, as you walk around, you poke around and you, um, you can interact with a lot of things. And when you interact, you you can obviously look at it, but the difference in this game to any other games where you can pick up things is that you get the option to talk about it, uh, which, I mean, in some games, like, for example, Uncharted, you'll get sometimes he lets off a quip when he picks up something, like he'll mutter something to, to sort of interact the character. And Final Fantasy as well, it's kind of, sometimes your party will talk with you about things like um, this cave or whatever. But in this, you you get to have a conversation and develop a, I hesitate to say relationship because it's not about the romance. It's about the understanding of who your partner is because it's like you're there. It's like a two-person exploration, but you're separated and you're sort of going on a journey yeah. telepathically in a way. It's... Yeah, I mean, the the she she's not really there, but it, it is like, I don't know, it's kind of like a couple of cops in a car, you know? Yeah. It's that kind of relationship. It's a sort of it's all buddy, about you. but slightly antagonistic kind of relationship at mm. times. Mm. Just people that, you know, don't know each other trying to figure out how to sort of work together, um, especially in a situation where, you know, one knows a lot of stuff that the other doesn't. <laughs> so the sort of poking at things and looking around and when you see a beautiful sight and you just organically you just go wow i will you stop for a second and look at this like like has anyone else seen this that what i'm seeing like that's kind of it's like when you go out on a hike or a walk you just kind of these things are not scripted they're not linear well some some of them are there's one in particular which is but generally speaking you're exploring and you're discovering um and you experience that organically mm-hmm. uh, as a side note um the game was written by um one of the primary writers, if I remember, of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if you have played The Walking Dead, and obviously you know that um, kind of the way the game works is, is similarly, like, there's not necessarily a good and evil per se. It's like you, you're making choices um, from, you know, what little I gathered. You're making choices, and you're just trying to make the best choice that you can in a given situation mm-hmm. without necessarily knowing all of the information. Yeah. And uh, Firewatch kind of capitalizes on that. Oh, absolutely! Um, like there, there's like, and it's very early on in the game where um, your partner just you know is, is making a joke, but you don't know this person. So like over the radio, you're not entirely sure what the hell is going on. If she's like losing her marbles or yeah. what, <laughs> you know. So and it's just kind of interesting that sort of vagueness of just uh, human interaction, mm. and especially yeah. when some some of the mysteries of the story starts to come around. And you can either go like all batshit crazy about it, or you can try and be the one who's keeping her calm, keeping her, um, keeping her relaxed. Or, I mean, you might want to, as a player, you might want to know as well. So you start asking more pressing questions, even though you know that the relaxed option is more polite. It's not what you need as a player, 
And it's not rude to ask her, but you kind of need to find out what the hell is going on in this place. Because if you're not going to find out who the hell is, no one else is here with you. It's just you. Um, uh, mm. Am I allowed like a light spoiler, early game light spoiler? Um, I, I, nothing too major, I imagine. Um, no, not not really. Um, I'm going to go with it, and I don't think anyone will complain. Um, <laughs> I can remove it later if it's something major. Sure. Uh, as long as Ace doesn't mind. So I'm thinking of... I'm fine. Literally, oh, oh, you saw you were watching the stuff, so... Yeah, he would yeah. definitely have seen this. So I'm thinking of literally the first hill that you have to rappel down. Um, you come mm. to it, and your man is not experienced with these things. He's just like a regular no. guy. So he's come along, and he's got his rope. And she's like, you know, you just rappel down. It's not that steep. I'm looking at the map, and it's not that steep. Yeah. Come on, just get on with it. Man up and do it. And she, yeah. at this point in the game, basically, she's your boss. She's telling you what to do, and you just man up and do it. Um, mm. So uh, you, you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. But And then she's like, it's, it's, so, it's so shallow that it doesn't even have a name on this map. So, you know, you know if you want, you can go ahead and name it. So it, it, it gives you dialogue choices. It says, you know, like, uh, Rock Cliff or, like, uh, like Western... Pessimist, or like some super names, and then the the option at the yeah. bottom is like, my shitty boss is gonna get me killed. Hill, <laughs> like, he goes down it, and he goes down it, and he like here's the minor spoiler. He falls off the rope, and he goes ah, and he right. lands with a crash. Obviously, he survives because the rest of the game happens. Um, yeah. and then he radios. I mean, you. This is again, you get the option to walk on, pretend it didn't happen. Or to press the button and choose to radio her. And then, you know, when he's telling it over the radio, she's like, what happened? And he's like, my shitty boss is going to get me killed. He'll almost kill me. <laughs> it's like, these guys are just having this interaction, like, based on the actions you've done. And your map will forever on there um, show the name. And this hill is called, my shitty boss is going to get me killed, Hill. You just, every time you look back, you're like, "Yeah, I remember that. I don't want to go near that again." Um, yeah, but it's just like you know, you you sort of having the option to interact is not um, just like playing through a rote. It's it's sort of having your own imprint on the world. And I know that if I'm honest, that doesn't happen often that the map changes. But the sort of dialogue of things happening based on what you said before, what you didn't say, what you told her, what you didn't tell her. Um, it's all your own personal uh, ripple effect. So and it's not anything like Heavy Rain, but it has its own yeah. flair. And it adds the mm-hmm. flavor, the spices to the central story. Mm-hmm. All right. So, do you like it? Good good game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Recommended. I wouldn't call it my game of the year, but definitely for what it is, very good. It achieved everything it was made for. I think, especially after listening to the director's commentary, everything they made it for, I think they nailed it and they spent so much time. Did you know there's a, a hidden hat? There's, in fact, two hats, but one of them is just, once you find out where it is, it's just laugh out loud. Um, there, in fact, I watched yeah. a video where one of the game creators, um, sorry, a bit of a tangent, um, but one of the game creators lost the hat in his, I think, his college days. And um, uh-huh. as a joke, the other game creators put the hat in the game. Um, and he didn't know it was there. The game released, and they're doing a like an interview. And then they're like, you know what? We put in a treat just for you. It's that hat. You remember that hat you left all those years ago? And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that hat. Oh, my God, no way, that hat. 
Um, <laughs> That's funny. It's like, it's a little <laughs> crease in the game. It's, I think, yeah, they definitely did. It, like, as a small team um, work, it's basically a masterpiece. Um, and, yeah, so if you're into it, if you like what it's selling, I think it's highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I've got time, if I've managed to get through the rest of the backlog, and mm. I, I, you got to expect it's probably likely to be one of the games to appear on PS Plus later this year. Or, cool. uh, I hope yeah. they can do that to support a sequel, like to yeah, because I think that would be good. That there, there's a Sorry, correlation. Yeah, another game, another game from them. Yeah, there's certainly a correlation to that kind of stuff. Um, You'll see it pop up in anticipation of uh, an announcement or things like that. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened. They they do it not even necessarily to support the sequel necessarily, but uh, maybe just as like a uh, little bit of a build up hype thing. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. to help everyone appreciate what it is. Everyone who didn't um, play it. Yeah. uh, Name it something else like uh, Torch Watch or something. <laughs> uh, so I ended up into, uh, playing some Neo, but I haven't played a whole lot uh, so far. I'm having a good time. Uh, seems like fun. I've killed some dudes. I've got my crap wrecked a couple of times by some gnarly dudes in armor. Um, unfortunately, that's that's about all I've got until next week. Next week I will certainly talk more about it what about you ace well i was just gonna ask you about near so presumably you play a samurai is it kind of you know streets of rage side scroller oh no it's a it's a soul style game ah bearing in mind that it's been sick uh, ill for some time yeah yeah um Yeah, yeah, no, it's so uh, Neo is uh, quite an old game, actually. Uh, Originally, they started development like nine years ago or something like that, eight years ago. Um, So it's been around for forever, um, but it literally just came out last week. Um, It's in in this current iteration, which as I was playing, I was kind of curious. I was like, I I can't imagine that it's always been like this. Like, this can't have been what they originally intended because it is definitely clearly a Souls game. There's, like, equivalents to bonfires and things like that that just wouldn't have made sense prior to the Souls series really becoming popular um, because it kind of uses that sort of, uh, I don't know, lexicon. Um, But it is very much in that Souls-esque style. Um, You go from... uh, basically prayer space to prayer space. And when you even like, if you go into a room and you kill some guys and there's a a prayer space uh, just beyond that basically operates like a a bonfire, you walk up to it and use it and you turn around, go back into the room and the the enemy has reappeared at that point, Um, which is very dark soulsy. But uh, you play as a samurai. You've got um, some of the basic functions of like a souls game. You've got your, you know, weapon and block and dodge and uh, stamina equivalent. Um, you, individual enemies can pose a pretty serious threat if you, you know, get caught off guard. Like, I, I got used to uh, the basic enemy and I killed a whole bunch of them and I took a step into a room and I thought I was fighting just one guy and another guy came out of nowhere and uh, whacked me a few times and then I was almost dead, you know, and I, I ended up. That didn't go very well for me because, 
Yeah, because I was uh, obviously not paying attention and uh, I did something stupid, you know, like <laughs> just like that. It was like, hey, you shouldn't have just wandered into the room. You should look around before you go into a room. Um, but it, yeah, and then Check if you die, you, yep, if you die, you leave your soul equivalent um, called uh, Amrita, I believe. Okay. Uh, you leave that laying around and you have to go and collect it. Um you have uh, both ranged and melee attacks. Um, you do ha- have the ability to swap weapons on the fly pretty quickly. And um, there's supposed to be the system of stances, which I haven't really gotten into yet, oh, yeah. where you can change up your moves based on your stances, um, which is, from what I've heard, really mixes up the souls combat. So you've got the same basic idea of dodging around or using simple magic or whatever gotcha, um, yeah. mm-hmm. but but it it adds a slightly more active layer of um action-based combat that's a little more ninja gaiden like where um mm. you're you're moving quickly um you're making uh attacks or whatever but um which ones you're doing is very important mm-hmm. um so i'm looking forward to you know, that and how the various weapons kind of mix that up because each weapon kind of acts differently, which is uh, not entirely common in the Soul series. But Are you the kind so, to try and uh, try out different weapons or want to find one to stick with? Um, I usually tend to be the type to stick to one. Um, mm-hmm. I usually find like a particularly balanced or fast weapon and, and stick to that. I don't generally care for heavy weapons. Um, I am going to give it a shot just to test it out and see how it goes. Yeah. Um, because realistically, um, if if the combat system is deep enough, learning to use various weapons is actually kind of crucial. Um, I mean, that Ninja Gaiden was a great game, but there were times where like, you know, you really did want to use certain weapons. So I imagine it could be quite significant. Um, but from what I understand of the mechanics so far, it seems like you could end up very much a master of none. Um, you actually gain familiarity with weapons. So, you know, if, if like, even now I've picked up like three different versions of the same exact sword, but um, through using a that particular, you know, sword number one, um, I'm gaining familiarity with it, and I'm not entirely sure what the hell that does. Uh, um, but uh, uh, presumably, affects it, it. It affects my effectiveness with that weapon, and that familiarity does not transfer to other weapons of its ilk. So, even though you know longsword one is just named longsword, it has a different familiarity than longsword two. So, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be kind of important to you know. Even though being familiar with all of the weapons is probably important, it's best to specialize in some ways. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Good luck. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that some more. Um, uh, I, I work in chocolates, and Valentine's Day was yesterday, so I worked like 75 hours over the course of seven days. Uh-huh. Um, so since the last podcast, I have played just about nothing. I just haven't had time. So. I'm going to jump into this um, and get on with it. Um, and then maybe after that, maybe, maybe, maybe for honor um, seems interesting, but I, I think I might have to wait for the reviews to be finalized before I jump into that one. Cause I've not been too hyped by it. Somewhat similar as well. Strangely. Yeah. Uh, it, it does seem to have like 
a similar concept to combat, um, though maybe a little bit simpler, um, but also it's a uh, multiplayer. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but also but yeah, the samurais so are the best, obviously. Yeah, well, that that's also <laughs> true. Like, obviously, we've we've seen that. For Honor has samurai. Neo has samurai. Um, actually, if you go to, funnily enough, if you go to True Achievements, they've got a poll going on right now uh, oh. for the three different factions for For Honor. So I'm going to vote uh, that right now. Yeah, so yeah. so go ahead and go vote. Um, but unsurprisingly, uh, Samurai is winning right now. <laughs> um, actually, maybe I need to represent the English in this uh, poll. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've told me Samurai is winning. Yeah, so uh, you should go do that and vote. Uh, but what about you, Ace? What have you been up to? Um, I've, uh, besides being quite ill a bit with the winter seasonal bug, so I've not been around, but, um, games wise, uh, I've been feeling a little bit better. I've been working on the Disney infinity series as, um, their online services are going to close on March 3rd, um, which was announced back last year before the switch was announced. Interestingly. Um, how are you feeling so far? You feel like you're going to make it? Um, well, when they announced it back in, I think it was September, I think, um, I concentrated on getting all the obvious online ones done and out of the way anyway, gotcha. at the point of call, but I'm pushing to get everything done in them, get all the platinums just because there's some bits where, um, it's, it's, it's mostly offline. You can obviously invite people in and, and, and co-op on bits, but just starting the game and connecting in on your own. If you're doing it on PlayStation 3, you get a, a black screen and a little uh, little uh, notification to say establishing network. I'm yeah. not quite sure exactly what kind of network it's establishing as such, um, but that that's like a PS3 um, black screen and notification. Um, and then when when you're starting up the game, it's always connecting to your Disney account. Um mm. so it there's there's a lot of online flying through the game, so I'm just being extra cautious that um to get everything that I need to get done in it. I finished um Disney Infinity One um and I'm very close to getting the platinum for um two point on PlayStation three. PlayStation yep. 4, and PS Vita. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. Isn't that why you had kids? Like, aren't they supposed to be cleaning up these uh, <laughs> Disney Infinity trophies for you? Yeah, they, they just kind of muck about, so they don't actually get anything done. Um, Send them what back. are you instilling? What values are you instilling in your children? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I need to need to work on their OCD and their commitment to completionism. That'll backfire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so surprisingly long-winded ones in this one. It'd be interesting to see what um, what three throws at me afterwards. Yeah, I, I certainly learned that from. Um... The first one we ended up getting the uh, uh version one or first generation or whatever mm. and um I, I don't think we ended up getting the platinum on that one and i was playing it with my wife at the time too so we were, we were playing it for a while together and even then you know 15 hours 20 hours and i don't think we we're anywhere near done with that it was just mm. it's it's a lot there's a lot in it. yeah 
All right. So I think that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, kind of a long episode. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. As always, you can find us on at True Trophies. Uh, I'm underscore brand foo uh, on the site. You can PM us or what have you. Um, until next time, uh, we'll see you soon. Have fun. Bye. See you around. See ya.